Hey guys, thanks so much for all the reviews that have been coming through. I reckon uh, there's been a good little contribution. I asked you a few weeks ago to leave some reviews on the podcast just to, I don't understand how Apple works, but apparently reviews are a good thing for you. I've been listening to Joe Rogan's podcast for about 10 years and never left one review for him. So uh, I know how much of a pain in the ass they can be. However, if you want to be the best bloke or little chicky babe in the world, jump on over. Hey, there's no limit to how many reviews are allowed to make this podcast appear better than it is. I don't, I don't know. Whatever. As soon as you press play, I guess that's where the truth comes out anyway. So forget everything I just said and just if you don't want to leave one, just just don't. Just you, you do you. <laughs> that was a weird start to a podcast, which is going to be a good pod, podcast in just a moment. I just had my little boy yesterday, so my, my head is a little bit all over the shop, which is probably um, coming across in, you know, the lack of how smooth this particular introduction to the show feels. However, Charlie Popplestone is a, is a, is a new little addition to, to the world, so super excited for you guys to meet him in some capacity. I'm sure you hear him in the background in the next couple of months. Anyway... I've taken a random tangent and now I feel like I stu- I'm stuck. So let me just tell you about the podcast. This one, once again, is brought to you by Rundy's Undies Athletics Underwear. Uh, you guys all get a 25% discount by listening to this podcast. Simply enter the uh, coupon code, password code, what do you call it? It's a coupon code. Relaxed, all in capitals, 25 for your 25% discount on all their attire. They were created by Jessica Trengove, Jess Stenson now, and her husband back in 2015. And Jess's brother Jack was a big part of it as well. So, hey, they've been moving and shaking in the athletic undies world ever since then. So, hey, jump on their website, rundies.com.au, just to check out some of their stuff. And, uh, and don't forget to enter that coupon code. Anyway, that is enough about that. Today's guest is the Australian 3,000-meter steeplechase champion Max Stevens coming at you from South Australia. A really cool opportunity to sit down with Max and we actually recorded this one a couple of weeks ago though and uh, I had a little back catalogue so that's why it's coming to you a couple of weeks late. But hey, Max is a super talented athlete and trains with uh, arguably the best athletics group in Australia, Team Tempo, under the guidance of my good mate Adam Diddick. And that was really good just to pick his brain about you know, all the things we're interested in, training, racing, coaching, um, uh, what he gets so much out of this Team Tempo group. And it was nice actually to be able to pick his brains on uh, just the the little team partnership that him and Adam have going when it comes to improving his performance. And man, it's, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to be a genius to see whatever he's doing is working. So yeah, really excited for you guys to get a few little nuggets of wisdom out of this one as well. Hey guys, if you like, if you're new here, don't forget, we've got the bonus members podcast, which you can get access to by becoming a relaxed running member. It's ten bucks US per month. Uh, I do that because we've got listeners all around the world, and it's just I feel like that Australia is like a, such a small part. So if you're wondering why it's US, that's why. Um, or it's eighty bucks US for the year. So you get access to the bonus podcast, you get access to the training programs, the growing experts corner video library with nutritionists, physios, runners. Um, you know everyone who's anyone in the athletic world helping you run better. So jump on to relaxrunning.com slash join. We've got a three-day free trial. So if you just want to get on, try it out, and then decide you hate it, and all my hard work's just been a waste, and you just don't want to have anything to do with it, don't worry about it. That's fine. I'll, I'll grab tissues, dry my tears, and, and just just keep on moving. So let me get out of your way, guys. I am going to introduce the great man, the good-looking man, and uh, the very talented man, Maxie Stevens. <laughs>
Dude, pumped. Uh, so you're a couple of minutes late. You just finished a gym session. Yeah, so Friday's a busy day. We um, was coaching this morning at 6 o'clock and then come home quickly, change the kit, and then down to the track at uh, Mile End. Had a track session out there this morning with the gang and then, um, yeah, straight to Sassy for a little gym session and uh, here we are. Beautiful. Are you doing a bit of coaching as well, did you just say? Yeah, so um, part of Adam's kind of more uh, big umbrella, we've got Tempo Run Coach as well. Um, so we've got, oh, it depends on the time of year and obviously at the moment with no, no major events uh, going on. We've got, so there's probably 20, 20 on the books across a couple of different coaches. So, um, yeah, we run a session 6 a.m. on Tuesdays and Fridays out of the Union Loop and send the troops through their paces, which was good. So, yeah. Mate, that's bloody commitment, getting up at, uh, at 6 a.m. Well, actually, what time are you up to get down to the Uni Loop that early? Uh, I'm very fortunate. I'm only 10 minutes away. So, yeah, I <laughs> snuck out of bed at 5.35 and then quick <laughs> get the kid on, jump straight in the car, and there we were. Man, I'm so glad I don't live in Adelaide because I know as a mate of Adams, if I was in Adelaide, I would expect it to be there at 6 a.m. as well. And there's just no there's just no chance yeah. it would happen. So it's nice to have the barrier of South yes. Australia and Melbourne between us right now because it just means I can get a little bit more of a sleep in there. No, exactly. 100%. So what was that? What was in the gym session this morning, man? Uh, so we've been kind of bashing on their door for uh, probably 18 months or so now. Um, just trying to get um, Sassy to help us out. We basically just wanted some gym access and someone to write a program. Um, Sassy is a very small institute of sport compared to all of the other ones. Obviously, VIS and, and Swiss are massive. Um, and Queensland Institute of Sport, obviously, um, big kind of sporting um, organisations over there. So Sassy basically takes care of rowing um, and cycling. Cycling is massive in South Australia, obviously. Um, and then there's kind of a handful of individual athletes that are happy to help out and without getting recognized by your national organization, they won't, it's very difficult for us to get in there. So, um, yeah, we've been kind of saying, well, basically the gym is the missing ingredient almost. If we could get in there, that would be awesome. Um, and yeah, after months and months and months of Adam pestering and me just kind of being in the background, hoping everything works out. Um, yeah, they let us in just before COVID hit. So we did about a week and a half worth of gym and then we got uh, got back to just the core on the lounge room floor and uh, been back in there for about six weeks now. It's been really good. So Yeah, nice, man. I've been, seeing, I've been seeing so many of those uh, those workout sessions online going around the yeah. places. I've been – I mentioned on a podcast yesterday, I've been getting into this bloke called – I think it's Travis Elliott. He's an American guy. He's like a yoga instructor and like super corny if you're not in the yoga scene. But just the stuff he says, it's so – it's so yoga. He sounds like he's straight out of Portland yeah. in, uh, in uh, where's Portland in Oregon. He's he's yeah. a little bit of a he's a little bit of a character, but man, he puts you through your paces. And I've been yeah. I've been discovering. Well, they're a different breed up that way. <laughs> Bro, I've been going through some of his workouts, and mate, I almost started crying with the ab workout that I did the other day. It's amazing how much stuff you can get done just with your own body weight, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. And I'm not, yeah, I'm not 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 one that's always loved love the gym stuff, but. Yeah, you go into the gym and someone's actually writing your program and it's amazing the amount of stuff that I probably could have been doing at home already. But, um, yeah, as I said, still kind of learning that side of everything and, yeah, hopefully it pays dividends going forward. 
Yeah, I had no idea how much of a benefit just a gym program could be to your running performance when I was running. I think I was just under the impression that like all these skinny distance runners going around just didn't need to worry about gym at all. Yeah. And I look back now and I hear blokes like you go that, you, you know, it's a it's a crucial part of your, your training. And I thought I took myself pretty seriously as a runner. It's amazing how little work I actually did with, with any weights. Like it was all, I might've done a few squats here and there and some push-ups and some sit-ups, but like my whole my whole program seemed to just revolve around my, my actual, my running program. Like how many yeah. days a week are you trying to get into the gym when it's, when it's open and, and uh, running? It full? So we do, I've got two separate programs that so I'll do a bit of core, hopefully one or once or twice during the week, but um, yeah, two with actual, actual equipment, I guess, um, which is kind of what I was about 24 months ago, I guess. Um, but yeah, then had a few issues with actually get, being able to physically get into a gym that we were using at the time and, you get a bit slack and running. <laughs> you're a distance runner. You want to go out and go for a jog. You don't going to the gym for an hour and lifting weights isn't really kind of the reason you do it. But obviously, it's all complementary, and um, no, it's been really good. Yeah, it's good. Are there any big lifters in Team Tempo? Have you got your work cut out trying to? Because uh, I know who you're training with now. You got Maddie Clark. I had him on here the other day. Yeah, so yeah, I listened to his podcast the other day actually. Um, so Clark, he's just um, jumped in. He hasn't gone into the gym just yet. We've just had a. Um, Athletics to say I've just finally commissioned a senior performance program. So, um, yeah, Matt Clark, Kaylin Adams, Riley Cox. Oh, I hope this isn't going there before it's announced. But <laughs> no, not yet. We've got a couple of weeks. Dylan Stenson, now we're going to be in there. Dylan's, Dylan's obviously, he was another guest of yours just recently, but um, he loves the gym stuff. I think coming from outside of running and being the 800 runner, he likes the power. Um, I know when we were doing gym a few years ago, Matt Ferber, one of the Real great man of distance running, not, not doing so much running anymore. He would always pump some pretty heavy, heavy metal. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'll rate myself with a deadlift. I'll, I'll, what do you I'll, What do you deadlift? What's your What's your PB? Oh, I think I did one twenty five a couple of years ago when we were testing. Mate, there's nothing wrong with that, that for a, for a distance runner. Yeah, exactly, it's all numbers. I was talking uh, of Dylan the other day, King King of Adelaide. I love him. I love him. He's such a such a good fella. Um, but I was talking about some of his gym programs before he really got into running, and some of the numbers that he was telling me, it was, I was so impressed because you only ever see I only ever see you guys running around a track. Do you know what I mean? And and track's yeah. not necessarily renowned for big dogs. And then the the numbers that he was telling me that he used to de- – he was being humble, but I'm pretty sure he was hinting at the fact that he used to deadlift 700 kilos because he, <laughs> he's got some, he's got he's some serious power. Rocket. He's a you pocket rocket man. He's so shredded. He's so shredded. Yeah. Far out. I'm going to edit this part out because I don't want this to go to his head. I want him to believe that I'm more shredded than him. But the the truth seems to be that he's just a, he's a big boy in the gym. So do you do much in the gym with him, did you say? No, we used to actually, when he first started running, Dylan's a, Dylan is an absolute classic. He rocked up to gym, to training in his Nike Zoom waffle. He would do everything in the Zoom waffle, and it was just the funniest thing. I remember he was trying to court Jess at the time, actually. He had this, it was like a schoolboy crush on Jess. And uh, I don't know if he, I haven't listened to his podcast yet, but I don't know if he mentioned that they met at a City Bay after party drinks one year. Um, but yeah, just a very funny guy, and yeah, he lifts didn't big, ha- runs quick. <laughs> he didn't. What'd you say? What was the first part of that? Lifts quick, runs big. Well, sorry, lifts big, runs quick. But yeah, no. harder gold as well. 
Yeah, I got that vibe from him. He um he didn't tell me about this little. I should have I should have prodded more on the the whole subject of how he got with Jess, but like we got sidetracked just just going down random tangents and stuff. But what he was he was in some pretty unique form, was he, with his Nike waffles and his and his little boy yeah. crush chasing after oh, Jess? Yeah, so, something came up in the gym when we used to train with him. Um, and yeah, he's saying, "Oh, I got a crush on Jess. I think she's so cute, whatever." And then. Yeah, they just he didn't do City Bay, of course, but Jess was there and we were all there and we knew what was going on, so we kind of shuffled around to make sure that Dylan had to sit next to Jess and um, yeah, the rest is history, I guess. Fantastic, fantastic, very well played. I'm sure he would tell us a far cooler version of what happened than uh, just a little boy's crush, but we'll we'll let him have his two cents worth exactly. next time he's on the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> so how's the group traveling along, man? I saw some results from one of the cross country. Right, actually, Adam called me the other day and told me there were some pretty good performances put up at yeah. the at the relays the other day. Yeah, so obviously we're pretty lucky over here. We've had what have they had? They've had four races now. So I sat out the first two injured. Um, Matt Clark won the first and Adrian Potter won the, won the second. And then we had the 10K champs, uh, what, three weeks ago now? And Adrian uh, just got over Clarky there. I think Isaac Ain was third, Riley fourth. Um, and then, yeah, we had a had a cross-country relay, which was three by 6K last weekend. Um, and, yeah, Flynn Dogs, they got up for the win. Um <laughs> To their grand final, we always say. So they're always peaking in August for the cross country relays. Um, so Riley, Riley Cox, Jacob Cox, and Lockie Scott, of course, and then um, Matt Clark ran a blinder for Hills in the in the last leg, and he, I think, he, I think he put about, I think he went into that leg maybe ten or fifteen seconds behind Adrian Potter, and um, yeah, in the last lap went past him and put about five seconds on top of that. So um, yeah, no, it was good. It's always good to have close battles amongst the clubs here yeah well it's a bloody competitive place Adelaide I don't know if you knew but I used to I lived in Adelaide for a year in 2006 and uh dude I remember when I first got there I couldn't believe it's just it's like a big country town to me Adelaide it it feels like it's got that big country town vibe and I got there and before I knew what I was doing, I was signed up as a, as a Hills, not before I knew what I was doing, I was happy to do it. But before yeah. I'd even settled in, I was signed up as a, as a Hills boy. And, um, yeah. and who else is there? You've got Flinders and Harriers and, um, yeah, so I'd, I'd say obviously Harriers, Adelaide Harriers, Flinders, Athletics Club and then Hills were kind of the, the, the main three distance squads, I guess, or clubs. Um, but yeah, we've got like Team Denver, we've got people, I think last weekend we had people across six different clubs. Um, and yeah, I went. I only went to Hills. I li- I've always lived in the western suburbs of Adelaide. Um, uh, basically, I grew up, mum and dad's house is five minutes away, and um, yeah, kind of always been in this little little bubble out west. And yeah, signed up Hills because they had all the distance runners at the time, and wanted to do all the relays and all that sort of thing. So um, yeah, no one, no one from Hills actually lives in the Hills, but <laughs> <laughs> brought together by the distance running and. Um, yeah, it's been really good. It's it's kind of, it's been nice and close between the sort the three clubs for the last oh ever since I've been involved anyway for the last sort of seven or eight years. So yeah. yeah, I think I was the exception to the rule when I was living in. So when I moved to Adelaide, I moved over to live with my dad, and uh, he actually he was up in Oakbank. Yeah, so you so are. Hills I was a legitimate hills boy. So I was coming down from the mountains to race against all these city boys yep. dressed up in a hills outfit. So I was the only one who could actually justify wearing it. But um, there was plenty of hills boys in saying that that absolutely towed me up as well. So maybe they maybe yep. they deserved that shirt more than I did. But how's um, mate? I, I love talking about Team Tempo because I still feel like though 
Though it's still a little bit tucked away, I, I feel like the the story of Team Tempo is starting to, to filter through to other states. And um, yeah. obviously, when you get the results on the board, that the athletes like yourself and Cox and Maddie Clark and Jess and you know just everyone who's in that group are starting to put up. It it can't remain too much of a, a secret for long. But how's the uh, how's the whole group going at the moment? Everyone's everyone's going pretty well. I think um, I think things would be a little bit different if we were across the board in Melbourne with you guys. But I think. Um, the fact that we've been able to have a couple of races and um, which is keeping everyone obviously excited and motivated to train. Um, I think that's been really good. The, admittedly, I think a few have got almost got a little bit too excited too early and we're punching out some big Ks and <laughs> some um, myself and Dan Canala and he went to World Unis to the 5K. We, we both kind of came off injuries at the same time. So we've been on this nice steady incline back up to the front guys and, um, yeah, watching them punch out some super impressive sessions over the last sort of eight or nine weeks has been great, but everyone's just starting to get a little bit tired, a little bit uh, niggly. But, um, yeah, I think the handbrake's just been pulled up a little bit because, I mean, really, West, what are we now? About eight or nine weeks out from National Cross and, yeah, the way things are going, obviously, interstate. Um, and, yeah, obviously, there is – I think everyone's kind of getting a little bit tense. It potentially could be a second wave as well here. Um I think we're we're probably being a little bit smarter about it now, and just everyone's um, relaxing a little bit. Still going through the motions and everything, but we've probably probably pulled the mileage back maybe ten percent on what it normally is, just to make sure that we can hold a nice nice amount of fitness without blowing ourselves up. Because um, we do have to be ready to go as soon as something happens, whether that whether that's cross country or whether that's opening up for some track races earlier sort of November, December, um, yeah, we've got to be ready because next year we don't know. No one really knows what's happening yet. Um, obviously, there's a few guys I saw that have flown over Europe the other day. Um, but, yeah, who knows what's going to happen with those guys and when they come back, how they come back, whether they have to quarantine or not. And, um, yeah, got to be ready for go- ready to go whenever those races pop up, um, hopefully soon. Yeah, who's who's gone over to Europe? I didn't. I had no idea that there was even athletes making that move at the moment. Oh, we just well, we will get hear whispers, but um, I think um, the Gregsons have gone over, and so Rambo's gone over, and um, obviously Matt Matty Clark is still pretty close with the Renaudi guys, and um, I think Pete Bowl and Joseph Thing Stewie went over. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how those guys go and whether they get some good racing in or not, and um, yeah, see what happens. So what's what's going on there? So uh, obviously because um like a lot of the big races have been temporarily put on hold have they yeah, or the diamond not, league still going ahead but just without an audience so what are yeah, they just going over know. with their so, fingers crossed i don't know to be honest because i think monaco diamond diamond league is meant to be within the next couple of weeks um i've known to be honest i haven't really been paying too much attention to it because <laughs> yeah. you don't you know, yeah you don't really know what you're getting you know i think that um i don't know if you watched that ingerbritson versus chariot they had that um how far they run was it mile i think it was 2k yeah and they had Obviously, Inga Britons were racing in what looked to be perfect conditions in <laughs> wherever it was, Oslo or something. And then the chariots were in tenure at 2,000 years altitude. It looked like it was pissing down with rain and windy and like it's meant to be a race, but it's completely, completely different. And, of course, the Inga, Jacob, Jakob Inga Britson just smashed them all. But That yeah, was pretty crazy knows? to watch. It's, it's, it's good to see people doing something different. Like you've got to you've got to get people excited about athletics still and um obviously this year was meant to be our showcase um but 
yeah, at least you got got a product to sell, I guess. Yeah, it's so true. It's funny how excited I've been getting about some of the time trials and stuff. I've, I've mentioned this in the last couple of podcasts I've done. Just the the fact that Steigen's put up a little bit of prize money for athletes around the world to to jump out and have a crack yeah. at some time trials. It's, dude, did you see uh, did you see Big Rambo seven thirty nine the other day? And then I think Stewie came out and ran yeah. a seven thirty nine as well. It's, yeah, that's good. That's good just in any yeah. part of the world. He's done enough. He's done enough. We beat him, knocked him off by point four of a second or something. So. Yeah, I think best bit about Ram. I don't think they have shirt. I don't think um, I don't think anyone has a shirt in Western Australia by the looks of it. I think he's done both those those time trials shirtless. But <laughs> good luck to him, mate. I reckon once you've run a couple of good times like that without a shirt, there's no chance that he ever lines up on a start line again with a shirt on. It's like Stewie with his arm warmers. Yeah, exactly. Far out, man. Have you guys looked at doing any time trials uh, for yourselves at the moment, or what's Team Tempo's idea? Well, you, I guess you guys have got races, so you don't really need to be doing time trials. So we're not, and we're um, having national cross was meant to be in. It's we hope it's still going to go ahead, but it's meant to be in Adelaide this year. So I think collectively between obviously Team Tempo and the other guys, we, we're all, we're putting um, a lot of emphasis on national cross this year because we've had some really strong showings over the last three or four years in the teams event, and we collectively we all were looking at this year as a chance to. Um, yeah, win the team's gold medal in, in, in SA, which we've only done once before, which um, the guys did up in uh, Mullaney a couple of years ago. So um, that's kind of been the real focus for us. And we all, like uh, obviously myself and Clarkie, um, a couple of others were looking to go overseas and do some track racing. So once they kind of pulled the pin on the Olympics and everything like that, we, we basically said, let's just use this as a good opportunity to do some base. So um, if we were in the track sort of form and, I'm sure we we would be looking at those time trials and yeah I mean you, you have to be pretty <laughs> in pretty good shape to knock off Stewie and um, Rambo running that sort of time but uh, still would have been fun to give them a go and yeah certainly not ruling it out in the coming months just obviously depends what happens um, yeah with COVID and everything yeah it's going to be interesting I wonder if so are the borders for you open to Queensland yeah so we we can go to Tasmania, Queensland, Northern Territory, Western Australia. Um, sorry, we can we can come home from any of those states without having to quarantine. Uh, Tasmania's just shut the border to us, and I think I don't know Western Australia is doing Western Australia things and <laughs> um, having their bit of independence. But um, yeah, like Clarky went up to Queensland the other week, and um, I got family up there, so mum and dad are popping up there in a couple of weeks, and um, yeah, probably something we'd consider. I guess at least just to get a little bit of sun and get some uh, fresh space. But, yeah, I guess it's it's too hard to know, really. I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen next week. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit that way. Mate, there must have been something up in the water in, in Queensland because I heard Clarkie went away for a, I don't know if it's called a Rodman week or something, but he came back and just uh, that 17-17 for 6K cross country. I think we're going to have to start scheduling a week away for Clarkie this time every year. Yeah, he just, I think, yeah, he's had a, um, yeah, he just needed a minute and yeah, took took the week and um, yeah, those Queensland guys they're a different breed as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they they looked after him really well and um, yeah, certainly a mental refresh for him. And, uh, it was actually quite funny. Divic said to Clarky before the relay, he said, "Now Rodman had his weekend and he came back and he dominated. So make sure you do the same." and and that was, that was like 10 minutes before the race started. And sure enough, <laughs> he got the job done. So good on him. 
Far out. Yeah, that's so funny. If there's ever anything that you need to do to justify a week like that away, it's come out and just absolutely have a have a blinder yeah. like that. It's amazing how much that can help sometimes, isn't it? Like I remember there was a few times in my running career where, um, you know, you just you get bogged down in the routine of training, the uh, like just the the routine of yeah. everything that you're doing. It's amazing that just spending some time away from the the familiarity of of what you're doing can just serve as a as a little bit of a refresh. Like I reckon that's one of the beauties of athletes going up to Falls Creek towards the end of the year. It's just a even just that change of environment and change of the people that you're running around with and the yeah. um, little bit of fresh country. It just does something to to sort of rejuvenate you. Is it is that something that you found or? Yeah, I think I probably I probably wasn't going as well as I was over the summer, um, and I think a lot of it was. Uh, it probably was a little bit of complacency as well. I thought that after missing out by not much for comp games and the world champ, and I'd set myself up to have when win, lose or draw with the Olympics, I'd come home and um, whether I'd made it or not and have a good solid six months break and then sort of just come back into it in the summer and work out what, what I want to do next. Um, so I think COVID almost forcing that break to come a little bit sooner and, um, and then like I, my injury, it's a, it's a little bit embarrassing, but went and just jumped on the bike and was doing silly kilometres on the bike, which at the time, like running to cycling, it's not that that hard a transition. Obviously, I'm not I'm not powerful, so I'm not going and belting the sprints out on Strava, but especially going up in the hills, and we're so lucky here to do to have all all of the uh, natural landscapes that we do. Um, yeah, I love it, and just did too many k's, and the ITB flared up, and then the knee, and then the glute. Kind of forcing me to have a longer break than I was first anticipating. I think that probably helped me to really refocus and gather my thoughts and, um, yeah, like remind myself that I've still got a job to do and really um, flush out any of those sort of anxieties or anything about about the twelve months that was that was meant to be coming ahead and, um, yeah, feeling really focused and 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 really enjoying running again i think that's that's the best bit because it is especially the distance running there's so much jogging um, and if you're not jogging with someone like the k's get can get pretty lonely so um really fortunate my girlfriend jumps on the bike with me pretty often and keeps me company or chuck a good podcast in or um there's we've actually got like a little pocket of team tempo athletes now in, in my sort of area which is good clark is probably three k's away and we've got Caitlin Adams, Lockie Scott, Lockie Hennig, and Isaac Hain, actually, they've just moved in about oh, 1,200 metres down the road from me. So, um, yeah, it's really exciting, actually. I think we're kind of building a nice little foundation for the for what's going to be pretty exciting post-COVID uh, racing schedule. That's awesome, man. Oh, you've got me all curious now. How many Ks were you busting out on that bike? Oh, uh, I did. I, like, I think it's like run, like you don't, because it's not running, you don't think of it like running. So you wouldn't go from doing no running for 18 months to then running, I don't know, an 80 or 90K week. I think that that was probably the equivalent to what I was doing. Um, but yeah, I was doing like sort of a few home trainer sessions for like an hour, hour and a half, and then I'd get out on the bike for four hours on a, on a Sunday, a couple of hours on a Saturday, and then Monday and Monday and Wednesday get out for a couple of hours as well. So, um, yeah, like not like. I mean, compared to cyclists, nothing crazy, but still sort of a couple hours at a time on the bike, which you don't, as a, I think aerobically is fine, but um, it's just your legs get real dead. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah, it's it's one of those things you, you, you live and learn. And uh, yeah, don't 
<laughs> you certainly, I certainly won't be going from no, no running to 100k a week. So while we're doing the bike, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I used to when I was younger, I used to get out and do a few triathlons, and uh, it, it is you're right. Like it's not that much of a hard transition aerobically, but you're right in terms of how how dead your legs get. And yeah, all you have to do is get off a bike and try and run for a couple of minutes to to realize how jelly it is. It's such a yeah. It's such a strange. Feeling. I reckon that's why I've got I've got the biggest quads in Australia. I think, and I think it's all as a result of of just spending too much. And then yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're ridiculous. Like they'll just I'd run around the track and they'd be slapping together. Even when I was at my full fitness, people were like, mate, you've got to try and lose some weight in those yeah. quads. Still got the chafe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what was going on there, but how's that? How's that injury treating you now? Are you are you pretty much yeah, back yeah, all, full running? All good. Uh, so pretty much pretty much at full load again now, which is which is good. I think. Yeah, this week I didn't get dropped in the sessions, so that was good. Um, we had a, we did have a slightly easier session on Tuesday just after the cross country on um, Saturday, but that went really well. And then uh, Matt Clark and Riley Cox, um, we had a good, really good track session this morning. Actually, it was freezing cold. I think we got one of those Antarctic blasts or something, which I'm sure has been hitting you guys as well. But um, yeah, it was it was really good. Um, so we did. Did a mile at threshold, so we I think we were sort of just ticking over seventy twos for that, and then uh, four four by four hundred cutting down. So we started at sixty six, then finished with a sixty one, then twelve hundred, pretty well flat flat chat I guess. Um, so I think what did we do for that? About three fourteen, and then same thing again for the four hundreds, uh, but we got down to sixty for the last one. Um, so four more of them, and then we did another mile threshold after that. Um, yeah, we were rolling two fifties for that. Um, so that was good. That's an awesome and session. Hang on, so yeah, it's good. And then what? You guys went to do a little gym session after that, did you? Uh, yeah, so I, I go and so I work on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So Monday and Monday and Friday, I'll try and get into the gym. Um, yeah, it just seems to seems to work pretty well for me and work with training. I'm sort of experimenting with going to the gym straight after. A session because I know a lot of the places in the US do it, and um, like in terms of like the college programs, um, just speaking to guys that have been over there, and um, yeah, I'd kind of exclusively always left my gym to the jog days, thinking I've got a bit more time to recover, but um, yeah, it doesn't seem to bother me too much. It takes a couple of exercises to switch everything back on a little bit, it's still a bit jelly after the track, but um, no, it's good. I think it's one of those individual things that you got to get used to and work out for yourself, but. Hmm. Yeah, that's good, man. I actually, I don't know if you know Dane Verway, who's a physiotherapist. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, like really good fellow, one of my good mates. And um, I had him on the, uh, I think it was the members podcast a while ago. We might have done a public one and a members one. But um, I was saying to him, or I was asking him about his thoughts around training. And I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, he was pretty much the first bloke that I'd heard speak about the idea of making your hard days hard. So doing your sessions, also doing your gym, yeah. pretty much just chunking it all together and then making your easy days easy. And it's sort of... It made sense, like throughout the the course of uh, doing this podcast. It's one question that I've been really curious to ask each athlete, because, uh, like you said, it is. It seems yeah. to be very individual uh, as to who responds well to to what. But um, how, how long have you been trying to do that setup for, and how have you felt the change on your your easy days? So I always used to do so like our weeks pretty traditional, I guess. Um, we are at the moment. We're only doing two sessions a week. Um, and then we'll do, oh, I guess two and a half because we'll do, um, we're doing Tuesday and Friday session. And then we'll do every second week, we're doing a long run with a bit of a pickup at the moment. So it's sort of just jog for an hour and then we'll do 30 or 40 minutes at the end of that 
after that. Um, just nothing silly, but sort of getting from probably 4.10, 4.15 pace, and then it will sort of just gradually increase from there. So probably 3.15s at the end, I guess, 3.15s, 3.20s. Um, so then I'll double run on Monday with gym session, long run Wednesday, Thursday, another sort of medium long run, and then Friday, obviously session this morning, um, gym, I'll easy run tomorrow. And then Saturdays, um, we've Friday traditionally was our easy day, and then we'd do a session on Saturday, but we've switched that around. So Saturdays is now our easy day. And I think Saturday is an easy day, especially because we're not, like most of our partners aren't runners and um, gives you a chance to see your family and that sort of thing. Like it's, it's, it's a really good day to have as an easy day a Saturday because everyone else is taking it easy on the weekend. So why should you have to bury yourself? And Sunday is just about a ride off. If you have a big, long, hard run, you want to just sit on the couch all day. So um, the Saturday easy day is awesome. And I'd, I'd much rather just go out for a little jog just to roll the legs over like some days it might be at 410 pace other days it might be a five minute pace just get out and run to feel and um yeah i'd much, I'd much rather do that than completely rest i find if i rest i'd almost get a little bit tight and lethargic um so and like at the end of the day like you love running you want to you want to go out and go for a run so um yeah obviously depending on the individual but yeah so i think dan's dan's point's really good um like I, I, I'm very much. I think running, if you break it down, it's it is a lot of common sense. I think people kind of forget that. Um, like easy days easy and your hard days hard. It's it's like all this gospel. I know there was this <laughs> chat. I remember seeing um, the Tin Man Elite coach. I forget his name. Um, someone Schwartz. There's all this hype about this podcast that he did and how good it was and how much. How, how revolutionary his thinking was. And it was basically he'd done all these studies saying that easy days were, easy, were meant to be easy and your hard days were meant to be hard. And this is somehow this foreign concept to all these people. It's like if you break it down, it's it's just common sense really. But he's <laughs> gone and done the study and backed it all up and proved that it actually works. So, yeah. It- it is, it is so funny, man. I was actually, before we started recording this podcast, I, I had a chat with Benita Willis, yeah. and one of the things that she was saying, and it's so true, and I, I spoke yesterday, I did a podcast with Ben Buckingham, and this comes up time and time again, and, and Troopy's old adage was just keep it simple, stupid, or acronym, yeah. and um, it, it is funny, like it's, if you looked at it on paper, you go, okay, yeah, hard days, hard days hard, easy days easy. It's like okay, that makes sense, but for whatever reason, like we're 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 such a science-based uh, yeah. sort of culture, which is fantastic. But it's nice it's nice when we can get that justification for what we already know to be true. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's exactly. just, it's so self-explanatory. And like on bucks, like it's not like what MTC do versus us and versus any other group. We're not really no one's really doing anything that different. It's just kind of how you put it all together. Like everyone mm-hmm. everyone does two or three sessions a week, and then you do your like a midweek long run and then a long run on a Sunday and like running is not a complicated thing. It's just how you manage it yourself, I think. Mm, it's a really good point. I really like that. I love the idea that you guys are doing the Friday session and the reason that you're doing that. It makes so much sense. It's it's very easy to get caught in the the just the traditional ways that things are run. It's like your Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday sessions, every other day sort of easier yeah. jogs and gym. Um, but that makes so much sense from a 
just from a, a mindset point of view, to be able to have that day to wake up and, all right, all you've got on your schedule for the weekend is the the easy run or, or quite an easy day. You spend the rest with your family and friends. It, it gives you an opportunity to come back to a session on a Tuesday or even get out for your long run the next day, feeling a little bit more upbeat, yeah. up and about for, for that run. Yeah, so how exactly. long have you guys just been doing the Friday sessions? Um. I mean, consistently, it's probably it's only really been this year. Um, it's probably the last two, oh, yeah, just over two years. I guess we've been doing that. Um, we were kind of rotating through like a five session fortnight. So I'm I'm sure Adam's told you plenty, but um, we had Lopez Lamont living in Adelaide on and off for about oh, almost two years, I'd say. Um, so his wife Brittany was posted that year because um, she's in the American Air Force, I think, Air Force or Army. Um, and yeah, Lopez. Dave McNeil got in touch with um, Adam, I think, and said, oh, yeah, my mate Lopez is coming over. And Adam's like, oh, yeah, okay, <laughs> we'll take Lopez for a couple of runs. Um, <laughs> and and I think Lopez Lopez was excellent with all of us and really took us under his wing and um, and especially Adam as well because this is when Adam was really starting to take his coaching seriously. Um, so I think he was still teaching at the time but um, was looking to really get involved with the HP stuff. Um, and yeah, Lopez just unloaded Jerry's book of secrets, and um, obviously it's a little bit different for them because they're on six-figure contracts with Nike and like fully professional, and they kind of do what they want when they want. Um, but they were on like a ten, I think they're on a ten-day cycle, and they do three sessions within that. Um, and I th- it really challenged Adam's thoughts on on the way that we structure our week and why we structure our week as we do. Um, Obviously, it's a lot more comes into it if you're a student or a, or working full time or whatever because your week is so structured anyway. So you can't you don't have the flexibility of a professional athlete. But what's to say that we can't? What why why do we have to do a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday cycle? Like why couldn't we change that around a little bit and and see how we respond? And especially, I think COVID's been really good for that because we there's no point getting super fit right now. Like you want to be fit, but you you're not. You're not trying to run your best at the moment. You want to, you want to be ready to run your best when that opportunity presents. So, um, yeah, I guess those learnings a few years gone have, and and I'm sure Adam's certainly kind of um, gone further with that. But I think he's really um, taken to that. And um, the other thing as well is he's got buy-in from the whole group. I think everyone's been been happy to commit to the sessions when they are and where they are. And um, yeah, I think that that's probably the best thing. Um, just just the the group and everyone's attitudes towards training at the moment has been really positive, and um, yeah, hopefully we'll see some rewards by when we actually get back out, out in the track. Yeah, that's awesome. I was having a bit of a chat to when Clarky was on the podcast. I was just speaking about when I first met Adam. It was funny because our age difference seemed pretty big. You know, when you're younger, I was 19, he was 25 or 26, and he sort of took me under his wing as a as a young up and coming athlete, up and coming athlete. And one of the things I loved about Adam and still do was. He's, uh, he, he had a very holistic approach to the training. And I think yeah. one of the things that I never realized was of, of great benefit to an athlete when I was 18, 19 years old was how much the other factors in your life can yeah. um, either it, positively or negatively yeah. affect. Yeah, for sure. Like you, you have all these stresses outside of running. And at the end of the day, running, I don't know, say, you, say you're running training, such takes 10, 12 hours a week. Um and then by the time obviously you travel and whatever um but yeah that's such a small proportion of your week really you've got so much other stuff on and um like 
everyone's working or studying. Like there's no, there's, there's maybe 10 or 12 professional athletes in Australia. Like it's not athletics. You don't go into athletics for the money um, or for the, for, a, for an actual working career. Um, I think everyone's pretty aware of that. So there's all these other factors that can contribute to your stress levels and, and your fatigue. Um, and that's all going to have an impact on your running, whether that's positive or negative. And um, yeah, Adam's very much aware of that. And um, yeah, most of us have that, have the conversation with Adam before training or um, I'll probably speak to Adam most days, whether that's at training or we'll just touch base during the day. How you going? What's going on? Um, and yeah, I think that's, that's a, a really good relationship that we've built up and um, yeah, I think that's probably why, why we work so well together and why I've become as good as I am now and hopefully continue to get better. Yeah, no, it is good. And I work with a number of coaches who I, who I love and speak of so highly, but I think, and I'm probably biased as well because he's, he's one of my great mates, but I think the, the thing I loved about Adam was it's just a, if, if you're part of Team Tempo, you've got to buy in 100% to what it is that you're doing. And it's not yeah. it's not just about, all right, um, come out and run a good time. It's like, all right, come out, um, show your commitment to the group. We're going to cheer you on. You've got to do the same for everyone else. Um, but but what I'm interested to to sort of hear a little bit more about, and I'm sure people would be interested to hear is, so when you guys – when you when Adam actually sends you through a, a training program, are you sitting down um, planning that training program out together, or will he write it and then you guys will get together, discuss how how life's going, how you're responding to the previous phase? Um, as you said, like you've got plenty of conversations going on every day, so you're probably yeah. up to date I, I with think, how I each other it, are. It depends on it depends on the athlete, to be honest. Um, I know well, Matt Matt Clark talked a lot about the monitoring that we do, um, so I've been doing that with Adam for. Excuse me. Probably five or six years I've been doing that with him. Um, so we've got this massive catalogue of data. I've put in my sessions every day, my RPEs, how I'm feeling, like just general fatigue, tiredness sort of stuff as well. So, um, and obviously we can now we 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 plot that to all my best races and we say, okay, well, when you run this, your training and lead up to this was like that. Your stress was like this. Like, um, what can we learn from that, and then how can we use that to plan for the future? So. We've kind of almost built this blueprint now where um, we're going to be able to pretty much chuck that all in for the next, I mean, when we get confirmation of what events we're going to do, we can we can pretty much map out the season now because um, we've got this big bank of data that says what I respond well to. So, um, and, and, my, and just my relationship that I've built with Adam um, and how often that we communicate and um, like some athletes will sit down and have a meeting with him say once a month or once every six weeks or something but um adam and i'll probably have a formal meeting maybe two or three times a year um just because we're communicating so regularly and um and we kind of know how each other works and what what we're both going to respond well to so yeah i think it's completely individual to the athlete and um yeah he's a busy man i'm a busy boy and yeah, it all seems to work out. Like I see my program, I've got an issue with it. I'll call him and say, this doesn't work. Or, I don't like this. I do like this. What do you think? And nine times out of ten, he'll justify it to me and say, no, 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 this is why we're doing this <laughs> on this day. This is why you need that. And um, But, hey, if I think something is changing and he sees it on the and we'll change it. And, um, yeah, it all generally works out pretty well. Yeah, it's, it's funny as you start getting older in the sport and really understanding how your body works, how you can – um, obviously it's nice to have a, a coach to be able to bounce ideas off and um, sort of banter back and forth on what might work and why we should change stuff or why we should leave it the same. But mm. you do generally start to get a bit of an idea of what your body responds 
well to yeah it's just that is it just that accountability factor um and and just that that extra set of eyes to look over your program because a lot of people who uh, you know, have been in the sport for a while often say to me, oh, like, what's the what's the point in having a coach? And for me, the, the reason I always loved having a coach, and, and I ended up, even though he was a, a good friend of mine, I ended up being coached by Adam for the last 18 months or, or two years of my running career. And I think even though I could have written my own program, it was just someone who I knew was going to be blatantly honest with me about, you know, how things are going, about it, how where I could yeah. have improved. Just that set of eyes to be able to give you that feedback. Yeah, exactly. And I think... Um... Like, uh, I mean, a lot, you do see a lot of senior athletes they'll go into the, the, the back half of their career where they'll have a coach more so as just someone that's kind of a mentor or just someone to bounce ideas off of. Um, but I think, yeah, like uh, if you're, I don't know, I think one thing Adam's always done is like he's he's always charged coaching fees, which to a lot of people is, is a bit taboo, but um at the end of the day, like he sits down and he puts a lot of effort into a program, and you also then have that accountability because, it's, like, I'm I'm paying Adam for a service, um, so you can kind of call him up on on things if it needs to be done. But then, if you're if he's providing that service, he's always going to give he's going to give you that honest feedback as well, which is obviously super important. So, um, yeah, I mean, it just depend again. It's that case case by case for the scenario, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. How are you finding the uh, the the work and uh, running balance? Because it's been something I've I've brought up the last couple of podcasts. I'm really interested in hearing about how people find. That. Are you working full time or are you studying a bit and running? Um, so yeah, I'm I'm studying online on the side. Um, so just like part time, two subjects a trimester um, through Swinburne, and that's been working really well for me. And then um, yeah, so I work four days a week, um, just at a running company and. I think you need like, I mean, yeah. As I say, like, I think if if we're honest, you're not you need to you need to work. Like, you're not. No one makes money out of athletics. Um, so, and then obviously having the study on the side as well. That's that backup plan too. For when it all finishes off and um, works really good, they're really flexible. They allow me to come and go as I please in terms of training and that sort of thing. So, I'm really lucky in a sense there. So. Um, and, and I think most people are in that situation. Um, I know there's certain people that will kind of push, oh, works full time or whatever. Like like Bucks is one. I think he's just it's unique for that group because a lot of those MTC guys are professional, um, whether that's a deal through a brand or whatever, but or they're lucky to have the financial backing of someone else. So um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot made of bucks working, but everyone else works. Like that's that, that's just the reality of it all. And 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 people are happy to support you in your athletics as long as you're upfront and honest about it from the start. Um, people 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 in athletics are good people, and they and they generally attract good people, and they work for good people because um, it shows that you can do something off your own back. Like you, you don't have a you don't have a team to rely on. Like I do, unfortunately, Team Tempo and most other people at other groups are, but like you have to get up early in the morning and get your runs done before you go to work and then you run after work again. Like it's it's a very disciplined sport. I think people really admire that. So people are generally pretty happy to let you kind of be a bit flexible with it and obviously it reflects well on them too if they're employing you and um, things go well for you. So, um, yeah, keep yeah, working. I, yeah. Balance. 
That's good. I was I was laughing the other day, Ben, because I was when Troopy was on the podcast. I don't know if you heard it, but I, I mentioned Liam Adams to him, and I said, "Oh yeah, he's he's obviously working full time and training real hard." And Troopy's essentially like, "Yeah, big deal. Who cares?" That's what he's like. Modern day athletes are too soft. He's like back in the eighties, even early nineties. If you were a full time runner, no one cared. You were still. I think it was. See, was it Steve Jones who was maybe like he was working full time as as an engineer or something like it was a really heavy commitment, and I think he broke the mile world record at the same time that he was he was juggling work. So I thought, oh, you know what, maybe maybe it is not a bad option to to have a job on the side. Slightly different because he's like he punches the silly mileage out, and he he does he's a tradie, so he's a physical job. So I I guess that is a little bit different. So I mean, yeah, I certainly hats off to Liam. He's a freak. So. Um, but yeah, I think most of us are kind of doing some sort of pretty sedentary sort of job. Like, oh, customer walks in, I'll get up and yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. I'm just the shoes. No Where'd you say you're working? Uh, at the running company. So, um, yeah, there's a, what have we got? We've got 10 stores around the country. But, um, so my boss, Chris Chapman, he worked at Nike for a very long time. And, um, I know Chris. Is yeah. it is it Chuka or Chicken? Chicken. chicken. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's, one of, he's one of the real good men. So um yeah, really lucky. He's a good friend of Adam's as well. So he kind of understands Adam and how Adam operates a little bit as well. So cuts me a bit of slack. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh no, he's a great fella. I remember back in the day when I had zero dollars, I went for a run with him one day. He's like, mate, what size are you? And I was like, Oh, ten and a half. He got all right, I'll, I'll look after yeah. you. So ever since that day, I've I've known I've remembered Chicken. It's obviously been a while. In in fact, you saying his name was like a blast from the past for me. But yeah, he was a he was a great man. I thought he was based in Melbourne for some reason, but he's an Adelaide uh, boy. Well, he was Melbourne or he was Melbourne for a little bit, and he was they had uh, he started the running company Bondi Beach that was just over ten years ago. Oh, that's his company, moved, is it? Uh, yeah, so the running company is is Chris Chapman. So there's another guy, Scott Nichols. He was Geelong running company, but they both worked at Nike together. Um, and then yeah, they just Chicken's gone and done his own thing, and Scott jumped on board. And um, yeah, Chicken's originally from he's like proper Southern Adelaide, like Port Nolunga sort of way. So um, the big city of uh, city lights in Sydney weren't quite for him. So he, he made his way back here and opened up the store for Unley, which uh, yeah, Unley that I work at, and um, yeah, got another one down south now, which is kind of is just his little baby, um, nice and close to home, but. Um, yeah, we've got a good bunch of guys that work there and obviously all runners and people that come to work or run, talk, want to come in and talk about running. And there's uh, been a lot of new runners of late, which is which is good, but it's a lot of hard work. <laughs> <laughs> is um, is so, Joggers World still operating over in Adelaide? Yeah, so that was, yeah, <laughs> funny you say that. I was, so I was there for six years as well. Um, so I worked there and I sort of just started there before the running company opened here and um, always known chicken um, and yeah the opportunity came up for some work at the running company and I was keen on a change of scenery and yeah jumped ship 12 months ago yeah so um, what, what year were yeah. you working at, at uh, Joggers World uh, so I started there 2013 so um, yeah same time I started out with Adam actually um, yeah Joggers World's one of those Adelaide institutions I think every runner um, yeah any 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 runner over about over about the age of 21's probably worked there so <laughs> Um, Dude, that was my job when I worked when I lived in Adelaide for that year. I yeah. 
I worked at Jogger. I reckon I was their worst employer of all time because I just kept going on MySpace where no one was looking. And uh, yeah. they just kept saying, Tice, mate, if you want to – I'm such a uh, – yeah, I've got to lift my game. And I think that's why I'm working for myself more now because it's like I don't want to do anyone the disservice of having me there. It's like <laughs> – but no, I've, I've got, got good memories of the place, but um, yeah. I'm not sure they would be able to say the same about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd, yeah, family businesses, yeah, they operate a little bit different, but – no, I really enjoyed my time there as well. Yeah, beautiful. So what's plans? I can't believe um old old chicken's got bloody ten stores rocking now. Yeah, so I mean he kind of just runs the he's he sets up the franchise as such. So yeah, like but it's it's funny, like running is one of those the people you meet through running and you meet through working with brands and what what have you, like a lot of the a lot of the guys that own the stores that used to work for brands or he's known through um, uh, known through running or um, working in running retail. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those things that everyone kind of just, nah, I, I love what I do here. And it, it generally does stem from in-house um, because he wants that running company experience and, and everyone to – all the running companies, that should they should still feel the same in a way. Like, obviously, every you've got all these places all across Australia that are such different um, like socioeconomic – kind of areas but they all still feel the same they all still run the same you've still got the same people in there that are passionate and really want to see more people running and enjoying their running and um yeah charge full retail and no one complains so beautiful man fire it's funny adelaide's become a real little the fact that there's what two or three running stores over there now for for a pretty small city distance running trail running is going ballistic here like you trail running Hills so close to the city, obviously. Um, like there's a trail specific store as well, and the amount of trail runners that we have coming to store, and like all the trail running SA events, they're selling out within within a couple of days of them opening. It's 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 massive. It's and like one thing Lopez said when he was here, he's like, I can't believe you don't have more good runners coming from Adelaide. It's so good. It's the best place to train. You've got a good climate. You've got all the terrain that you need. Um, we could probably do with another couple of uh, synthetic tracks, but. Um, <laughs> Maybe an election in a few years might help help us out there. Yeah, awesome, man. What was it like training with Lopez? I'm, I've, I've got to try and message Adam because I said to him a little while ago to line it up, and I think he thought I was joking, but um, I was dead serious. To <laughs> I'm trying to get well, actually, Lopez on here. Riley Cox, message Riley Cox. He might be able to help you out. He's still in contact with him a lot, but um, I know Dave McNeil as well. He's good mates with Lopez, but um, I think Lopez sort of helped me flip the switch a little bit. Um, I was sort of I was making nationals in the steeple, which I mean. Um, that's not, it's, not, it's okay um, but you're certainly not setting the world alight in the other events to make na- steeple nationals um, but I think that, that someone of, of obviously his calibre athlete coming in and, and seeing what you do and, and being able to tell you that you guys are on the right track and um, you've got a coach that believes in you guys and the training that he's delivering is the training that's going to get you there um, I think that probably really flipped a switch for me and um, encourage me to kind of take it a little bit more seriously and um, give it a good crack. And like he, he didn't, obviously he had his set session. And he was, he like he's not going to sit around and wait until five thirty to do his training session if he doesn't have to. Like he'll kind of get it done. And especially if he's got real specific work that he needs to get done, where he's probably a minute up the road from us. Um, but yeah, the couple of sessions he jumped in, he was phenomenal. And, um, when we're doing a K rep session, he's like turning around and yelling at me and like, come on, Maxie, come on, Maxie. <laughs> um, yeah, just yeah, such a positive bloke. And 
I mean, if you understand the the back backstory that he has, he's um, yeah, it's it's incredible. Um, running for your life. Dude. Very much recommend reading that book oh, if me too. anyone hasn't. Yeah, excellent yeah. stuff. My wife, my wife couldn't care less about distance running, and she read that book and was like, "I love this bloke." Up and down, yeah, dude. And how long? Like, just so positive. Like he's just always got this big beaming smile, so much energy, and um, yeah, caught up with him at Peyton Jordan last year, which was awesome. Um, and yeah, obviously it's so good to see him running well now as well because we kind of claim him as one of our own a bit. So yeah. How good was that story of his when he was uh, when he was moving? Where was he? Was he a refugee in was it Sudan or something? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. Refugee yeah. in Sudan. And he he got uh, he got adopted or he, he and he was flying out to flying out to the states. And uh, there were, he, there's a couple of stories in like a, a couple of pages of the book that I loved where he's talking about being on the plane and they were just giving everyone food. And yeah. he's like, oh crap, I've got I've got no money. So he just sat on this flight for however many hours he was there. And then towards the end, they were like, no, no, it was. Like it's all free. He's like, you're kidding. And then, and then his, <laughs> yeah. then his adopted parents picked him up at the airport, and uh, he said it was in a. It just felt like he was in a dream. And he, they took him to this incredible restaurant, and he was just standing yeah. there, and they had a board of all the options that you could choose. And he was like, I was just mind blown at the fact that such a place existed. And then he goes, I later found yeah. out that this place was called McDonald's. <laughs> just incredible, man. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it, it is a crazy book. I'm. I need to give it another another little reread. Yeah, I think because. I just I just ordered it actually I, like I'd read I have read it before but um, yeah I was talking about it with my girlfriend the other day and I said no I'll get the book and we we'll have to have a read yeah awesome man awesome mate I could keep talking to you but I'm getting calls from my wife which means she's home I've got the card she's locked out downstairs I said that would happen <laughs> but um, I thought if I want to stay married for much longer I'm gonna to have to go let her in but um, good call mate, that was that was awesome thanks so much for coming on it was great to, to sit down and actually have a chat with you for an hour and have mate we'll do it again sometime whenever you once i'll keep saying whenever the races get back up and running um mate the, there's a, sure. it's an open door for you so just shoot me a text and um and we'll, we'll do round two easy sounds good tyson all right brother all right take care man i'll see you later see you soon cheers Bye.